Hey guys, before we get stuck into today's episode, I want to thank the sponsor of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, and that is Unify Health Supplements. Unify have the most premium, high-quality, science-backed products on the market in Australia today, and you guys can use the code TFLP to save 10% off your next order at unifyactive.com. Unify has a range of products, including whey protein isolate, plant-based protein, a pre-workout, creatine monohydrate, and their best-selling product, the Hydration Formula. So again, use that code TFLP to save 10% at unifyactive.com. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. Guys, welcome back to another episode of the show. Here with Kane today. Uh, We've got a bit of a different episode again. I feel like I say that before every episode. Got a bit of a different episode, but um, we're going to dive into... I've got some questions to ask Kane, which is going to help you guys out particularly those people who have an interest in podcasting or production or or whatnot around audio or even the video content side of things as well. We're going to dive into the equipment that we use um, within the studio here at Annotate as well um, to record, you know, the clips that you see on social media, this audio obviously, um, and any other stuff I think or Kane would think would be beneficial for you guys to know. Um, and then we'll kind of just briefly touch on um, a bit around, I guess, my marketing style and the strategy I like to use within my business and what's helped me kind of grow the podcast and the social media and, and all that type of stuff to the point where it is now and, and hopefully to where it's um, where I want it to go. But after that long-ass fucking intro, Kane, welcome, brother. Oh, yeah. I'm good, man. How are you? Good. This came off the back of a conversation about three minutes ago. That we're just talking about podcast studios and um, where you want to see your podcast go and, you know, your content and your experience in other people's podcast studios. And um, I just said to you, it'd be really beneficial to get some information out, mm-hmm. start a conversation around, um, you know, podcast studios can be anything from in your bedroom to full setups, hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars. And I guess the first and most important thing would be to just get started. Yeah. Like don't uh, – you're a big believer in that too. Get started where you can. There's a really good saying and yeah, I'll probably butcher it, which is okay on your podcast because you do it all the time. But um, <laughs> start where you're at. Start where you're at. Use what you have. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I love that. Yeah. And I think it fits really well in with content creation um, and especially podcasting. Like you can – you can do it literally with your phone. You've, some of your great episodes have been just with your phone, yeah. with two people sitting in the gym. Mate, good guests, fucking like in, literally like in between seminar talks in a lobby of a conference center, um, in my car, with a microphone on the glo- like on the bloody glove box or whatever it may be. It's and just before you keep going, I think um, it's super important, as Kane said, like you. It can be – you can go from one end of the spectrum to the other. It can be super cheap and it's very easy. And um, some of you would know I've said it before on the show, like my first probably 250, potentially even up to episode 300, was with my Mac using GarageBand, which comes on the Mac, and a USB-connected microphone, which cost me $100, I think it was. Uh, and that's literally it. Mm. Um, and, you know, some of the downloads I was able to have with certain episodes – 
um, you know, the guests I was able to have on, the feedback I got about these content um, and, you know, the growth of the show came off the back of just that. But it also comes down to what your objective is with the show. Like if it's, you know, what Kane and I get to do now in terms of sharing really cool social clips and whatnot, I think it's definitely worth investing in stuff that Kane's going to chat on now in terms of more of the production side of things because, again, it's it's all about the objection of what you are wanting to get out of it. Um, but just know that, as Kane said, you do not need to have very, very, very expensive equipment. And even uh, the second kind of level I went to before I come here with Kane and, and um, Amy at Annotate was... I invested in a Roadcaster Pro, which Kane will kind of tell you guys about soon, which was, I think, around $1,000 around that mark, which is obviously expensive, and a couple more, a couple of mics, which are, I think it was about $250 each, so about a $1,500 uh, investment there. And that was a big step up in quality of audio and a functionality of all that type of stuff. But that's it. once you've got it, you've got it. Um, unless something goes wrong with it, which hopefully it doesn't and hopefully you have warranty or whatever. But um, even still, it doesn't have to be like an absurd amount of money and then, you know, iPhones and shit these days, the quality on the cameras is awesome. So you can start super, super uh, low budget. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kane, feel, you feel free to keep going and let us know what stuff we use and any recommendations you'd have. Yeah, well, I would sort of start with... Um, like for anyone who's sort of looking to get into it and they've they've started podcasting and they they really like it, a, a Rodecaster Pro system and any of the Rode mics are fantastic. Um, they've just bought a new Rodecaster Pro out, which means that the the first edition, which is absolutely fantastic, is going to be cheaper than ever um, and they're going to be more available because uh, different people are sort of stepping up to the next level. There's really not a lot of difference to the everyday podcaster between the Roadcaster Pro 2 and the Roadcaster Pro. Go out and get one because they're fantastic. Um, as you just said, uh, iPhone quality video um, is awesome. Um, and syncing the two is super easy in post. Um, you can do it in pretty much any, um, any software out there, GarageBand, Audacity, Premiere Pro, all super easy um, and like most things in life, YouTube's your best friend. Type it in, how to sync audio. Um, it'll come up and, and it'll um, assist anyone who sort of doesn't have that skill set in video editing to do it. Um, and if you've gone out and invested in those things, my assumption is that you're probably willing to, to do a little bit of education to, to upskill yourself. Um, so Rodecaster Pro and a good set of mics. Um, don't, don't stress too much about... Um, high-end camera quality until you're comfortable with the content being what you want it to be um get some reps under that lighting is your best friend negative space big white walls um stuff like that always really helpful um the difference between iphone quality and um, real podcast camera quality is going to be negligible until you get those two things right anyway. So focus on sort of lighting and stuff like that. And then, you know, just the quality of your content is the most important thing. Yeah, that's it. Like that should be the, you know, that should be first and foremost in terms of the podcast. It's nail the quality of the content and the actual structure of the audio itself in terms of what you're about to deliver to the audience, because means fuck all if you've got tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment and the show's shit. 
um, just to put it bluntly. But that's that's kind of the the thing that I guess Kane's getting at as well. And um, it's like anything; it's all well and good if you've got amazing video content, uh, video quality, and awesome sound quality, and all that type of stuff. But um, if the the message you're putting out there, or the quality, or you know the feedback from the audience is no good. Um, which is, you know, and that's a big reason I think as well is that you should start, as Kane said, there's some things that are almost a bit of a standard or a great place to start with the the uh, equipment side of things. But if you're still unsure of where you want to take the show or you're, you're really just kind of building into this and you've never done it before, sometimes it is a good idea to start super low budget, get comfortable with recording and whatnot first and then as you start to build the show and the brand or... Uh, invest more into actually building the show and the audience that's when you know if you're serious about it, it's worth investing more into the production side of things yeah yeah and you're you're lucky enough to be the guest um, on a bunch of different podcasts around yes, Melbourne yeah. Australia um, and worldwide what are some things in podcast studios because I know that you know there's a goal for you to have a podcast set up at some point in your life where mm-hmm. it can be you know above a gym of yours or, or something like that what are some things that you really look at in different studios and you're like, I love that? Aside from the production part of it, I think for me it's like the feel of the studio, yep. which is something that I really like. Whether or not, you know, you and I were looking at something before where it was very basic. It was just kind of like black hmm. background and whatnot and surroundings and even that is super cool. Um, but it's creating the feel that you want to the actual space that you're in with the guest. Like I was looking, I was watching a show the other day. Um, I think the guy's name is like Ryan Pineda. Okay. I'll send you a link. He's got some really good stuff and he's gone all in with his content media side of things over the last few years and all these other business ventures. But particularly on the media side, he, he's going all in. And one of the um, podcast studio spaces that he set up is set up to be like a late-night talk show. Yep. And it looks really cool. And the other thing to keep in mind, guys, is that I know a lot of you will probably already understand this, but I'm sure there's some that don't, is that you can create a space that looks like it's just this amazing setup, but it's it's literally just like literally three walls most of the time yeah. sometimes one wall yeah. um that you need to set up so it's not like you need to completely transform your fucking house into a late night tv show no um but it can be super low budget even from that side of things whether it's you know coming out with a design or whatever to get a wallpaper made up or a backdrop that literally just comes down from the from the roof or lifting up or whatever to create the illusion of something a bit of a background there i think that's really important i think the positioning of if you've got guests in terms of how that is um is really important obviously we made an adjustment recently in terms of having um going from like a table and whatnot which i i do love as well but creating the feel of the how you want the guests to feel when they're there if it is a real formal where you're literally on one side of the table um the opposite sides of the table to each other and it's a very formal conversation or that's the feel you want or is it more relaxed um kane and i at the moment are sitting in what are these what type of what are these chairs i don't know Amy, amy bought them I didn't mean the brand, but like what? Just like relax. I don't know. <laughs> oh, these are very deep, like armchairs. Armchairs. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Armchairs. Um, it's more of a relaxed vibe because that's how I like to conduct my interviews. Like I, I try and keep them very conversational and whatnot. And to me, this just feels like the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Um, I think the lighting is really important too, um, in a space which you've already touched on. And something that we're, we're hoping to make a change with and, and make an addition to this show is even like 
and this is not necessary, obviously, uh, particularly if you're not doing video content, I think, but having like a screen um, within the podcast studio. So if it's a longer form uh, conversation and whatnot, you know, you look at shows like Rogan and a lot of those bigger podcasts um, that are conversations or they're discussing certain topics, you can have bits and pieces up on screens for you and the guests to have conversations about and whatnot yeah. if there's not a specific topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't. It's still even saying all that. It's it's all very basic stuff. Yeah, it's just to feel. I think it's important to figure out what you need to do with the space in terms of lighting, um, the positioning of you and the guests, and the stuff that you're filling the room with to create a certain vibe that you want to have. Yeah, for yourself and the guest. Yeah, and the set dressing side of things, as you said, like uh, you've gone from a round table to essentially like an armchair yeah. style. Um, and it does change, you know, it does change the way that it's shot. It changed the way that it feels. Mm -hmm. um, there are a bunch of different sort of considerations that you sort of have to take in, um, take into account when you're doing that. Um, but it's ultimately sort of like what you want, what your brand is. And, yeah. and um, as much as it's um, interesting to shoot like a, a sit down armchair style thing, yeah. it does it. It adds, it adds to um, the overall impact of, the guest's comfort, your comfort, and the conversations that you can have. So set dressing is really important. And the if you're looking to sort of change how you set dress a podcast or you're looking to start one, there, there's, a, there's a huge amount of resources out there that you can go and look at. Um, Pinterest is one, like mm, literally yeah. just having a look at podcast set dressing. Um, and it's it can be as big as high production or as low production as you want. Just make sure it's yours. Make sure you feel comfortable in it and don't be afraid to change things up. Question for you. So I have um, very fortunate. Danielle uh, gave me a gift from Kings of Neon, yep. um, which is a it's my podcast logo pretty much um, in this awesome like LED neon type sign thing um, that I've got on the wall behind my podcast setup at home. How does that work within a within a camera setup? So if we were to have this neon sign like on this white wall between us right now, how does that show up on camera, and how much does that affect the quality of us being able to be seen or if um, you've got a high enough quality camera does that not matter um so there's uh, like there's a few different things so neon lights obviously flicker um true and a camera picks also up flickers that. at uh. a different and so it, it's essentially comes down to shutter speed okay. um and so you would have seen videos especially in gyms because gyms use fluorescent lights you'd see in some videos that um, there's this sort of rolling flicker on um, different videos. It's like when you see, uh, I'm a massive, I fucking love cars. Yep. It's like when you see a car shot of like a luxury car, whatever yep. coming towards you and it looks like the lights are yep. like flashing, but they're yep. actually not. Yep. So it's the, it's the shutter speed of the camera yep. um, versus the flickering of the lights and they're not mm. synced. Mm -hmm. So you've just got to change the sp shutter speed of your camera to do that. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of ways that iPhones can do that, but any, okay. any full frame or mirrorless cameras would be able to do that reasonably easy. Um, and it is a super easy fix in terms of your question. Like you'd be more than welcome to bring the Kings of neon sign in um, we put it up on the wall and it would show up in the the full, like the full video. The so, full video yeah. so it would just sit in between us. Mm -hmm. um, there would be a little bit of a hue on each um, each person's face on yeah, that side. True. Yeah. If you've got a space that is quite echoey, mm -hmm. um, what, are the, what is the soundproofing foam stuff called? And for those listening, like 
how much of it would you recommend? Like, first of all, like, what is it? How much would you recommend yep. to use? And how would you place that in a room to make sure that you reduce the acoustic, like, uh, improve the acoustics of the room? So this is a really interesting one. And um, uh, I was um, having a chat with an employee of a client who does a huge amount of really high-end production. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was very complimentary of what we've been doing. Um, he was like, you guys are killing it at the moment. I see you guys everywhere. And he said to me, offhanded, he was like, once you guys get your studio fully soundproofed, it'll be elite. And I was like, oh, I was like, have you been looking at our, um, uh, have you been listening to some of our podcasts? He goes, yeah, yeah, I've been listening to a few. He, and it, I was like, if you don't mind me asking, you haven't seen our um, studio or anything like that. How do you know that it's not fully soundproofed? He goes, you know, I'm, I'm an audio technician. I can just hear it. And I was just like, oh, my God, there's levels to yeah. like the different people listening to things. Um, and so he was, he was very like he was insisting. He's like, look, you don't need it. And it's probably only like you know two percent of the world who can hear what I'm yeah. hearing. Um, but you know, some soundproofing would be great. And we've done, we've done a little bit of soundproofing in here, but there's certainly more that can be done. So the the soundproofing squares they usually come in squares yeah. are just high density foam, similar to mattress toppers and stuff right. like that. And what they do is they just um, allow sound not to bounce off things yeah. so you would know that like if you've ever moved into a new house or seen a new space or anything like that um, you go in and your voice and things sound different it's mm-hmm. because the sound of everything is bouncing off there's not as much content in the room to block it so the best the best advice you can give and you see it in like garage bands starting up punk bands they'll just hang rugs up everywhere um, and it just dampens sound. Mm. Um, so the first one you can do is um, is put a rug in a room, fill it with a bunch of stuff, like just fill it with couches and stuff yeah, like right. that. So um, thing instead of bouncing off hard walls, it's getting dampened by things. I've had I've gone full creep mode so many times where I've recorded a solo episode under a towel or yep. a blanket. Yep, and the sound quality is elite. Yeah, look like an absolute creep, yep. but yeah. Um, yeah. So soundproofing foam um, for like I think it's uh, eight hundred by like eight hundred squared. I think they're like twenty bucks off Amazon. You can get them in your own colors. They actually look really, really beautiful as set dressing if you can do a full wall. Um, people use them as like pieces of art. Sometimes you'll see like in meeting rooms and stuff of high end corporates, they'll have them on the roofs as pieces of art. Um, have some fun with it. Like they're, yeah. they're pretty, they're pretty interesting to sort of work with and it really does improve the quality of things pretty quickly. Um, and that's certainly something that we're, we're looking to do here once we have a little bit of a break over Christmas is to um, make sure that the soundproofing and um, once Amy finds a rug that she doesn't think is ugly to go in here. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like, again, it is an expense, but it's reasonably like reasonably cheap and the, and the payoff is, is great. Yeah. Um, soundproofing is a yeah, like soundproofing is one of the things that we're really happy with where we're at um, with our studio, but it's the next step for yeah. us. And I think it also comes down to as well the yeah the the starting point. Obviously, if you're the room that you are recording in is horrendously echoey, then pro- that should be probably higher of a priority for you mm. in comparison to someone recording in in a room that is genuinely not that bad. Yeah. 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 Um, one more thing on this before we move on to the next is um, your advice around the what would you call it that holds the mic? Not 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 the arm, but as in like just in general. So like 
with your microphone at the moment, we've got these on, what are these, swing arms? Swing arms, yeah. Swing arms at the moment, they kind of like, you don't have to hold on to them, they kind of attach to something and then you can place them wherever you like. Um, so you can kind of just talk freely, which I really like. Um, but let's say for someone who's the host of a podcast and they want to make sure that it's a smooth uh, process for guests, particularly mm-hmm. ones that maybe haven't been on podcasts before, um, what would you start off with? Would it be a swing arm? Would it be a regular stand? Would yep. it be handheld? Um, you're seeing the rise of handheld quite a little bit in those like blokey laying back in a couch sort of mm. standing here. Um, you're seeing um, like a real increase in that kind of things. It does it, – it, it's – like as someone who produces podcasts, it's it's a little bit more difficult because you got people like really like eating the mic, and then you got people away from it. It becomes a little bit tougher. It's definitely a look, like it's definitely a vibe that they're sort of going for. Um, swing arms are great because you can use your hands. People emote with their hands. People talk with their hands, mm. and it's fantastic. Um, it it sort of it has its own issues with. Um, like shooting, you've got this whole steel beam across you and um, stuff like that. So the sort of positive and negative in that. Um, people who are a bit fidgety won't mess with the mic as much too, which is good. You see people with table stands when they're sitting on the table, people will tap. Yeah, and people will and, and not knowing that yeah. it's just completely and it just comes sound. through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, so I really like swing arms. I think they they're great. I think they certainly have like a, a real look about them. Um, and they're great for solo podcasts as well because you can put them, you know, away from your computer. YouTubers use them a lot and stuff mm. like that. Um, uh, this is going to sound like a whole ad for Rode because I love Rode. Yeah. Um, but they're a great Australian um, brand. But Rode do a really good one, the PSA one. Um, it's 99 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. last you forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, like – there's a there's a bunch of different like people come in and out of the podcasting world all the time you can pick up things secondhand and and just ask some questions around you know how it's been used and stuff like that and get it nice and cheap so um that's probably another thing that is a good little investment yeah definitely awesome is there anything else on on that you think would be worth um uh we were sort of talking before and i know you've got really big plans for you know 2023 and the podcast and and stuff like that And, and one thing that i would suggest is that you have a look at some different styles of podcasting from from the same um of the same uh genre like even of the same like say say if you want to do the fitness and lifestyle podcast but you want to engage people in a different way it's like you know episode 460 something and you're like okay well i've done a bunch of sit down ones go and do something else like so even if it's just like okay this one's going to be a full quiz this one's going to be like try out different segments and okay. stuff like that yeah. and just in terms of a um, re-engaging an audience. Um, you know, you do a great job of getting a variety of different people on which keeps people really engaged. But if things are feeling a bit stale, shake it up within the bounds of what you do. Yeah. Um, we were just talking then about like, you know, a, a walk and talk podcast. Yeah, I definitely would love to, to do something along those lines for sure. Even like sp- specific guests that I've got in mind that would I reckon would be quite good to do something like that with would be yeah definitely worth having a, having a look at. And it can <clears> be <throat> like a recovery session. Like so, you know, you, you're going down to do cold water therapy at Port Melbourne Beach. Stick a mic on. You're going up to your waist anyway. So stick a mic on and 
like the content that comes out of that with some of your clients mm. would be so much fun. It's, it gets them out of their comfort zone. It gets them to stop thinking about like, oh, shit, I'm on a podcast here. Blah, blah. And the stuff that could come out of it, it might be terrible, yeah, but it, it might, might be fantastic. Be. Yeah. Um, and it just it, from a marketing standpoint, it just keeps people really engaged like, and it shows that you care about it too. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of your marketing I want to like. Do you do you have do you sit down and write a marketing strategy, or do you have a plan, or is it just your authenticity that sort of comes through? Uh, Up until this point, there has been no plan as such or strategy. I guess you could say. Um, Yeah, I'm now particularly with the fit with the app and whatnot, and and some goals and and aspirations around you know certain uh, certain. Uh, what do you call it? like certain benchmarks and, and goals and stuff that I want to achieve within the the, the DK Fitness app in particular, um, and also trying to get more eyes and ears to this show. There's there's definitely a bit more of a strategy coming into play with you know, starting now to dive into some paid advertising, which to be perfectly honest, I've never really done. Like there's been little periods where I have, but um, not consistently and not enough to the point where it's had any real impact. Other than that, like the only real, I guess my whole philosophy with marketing from day one has been play the long game with it all and just build up enough trust and add enough value for free as often and as consistent as possible to the point where my existing audience, when they feel like they need a service within something that I offer, that I am hopefully the first person that they think of. And if I ever do put out an offer where I am not so much asking but you know, mentioning the fact that I have a service or a new service or product that are, that is out there which is paid, then the likelihood of them being more than willing to to give me their money pretty mm. much um, is a lot higher because I've been able to add so much value to them without having asking something in return over and over and over again. So for me, that's always just come down to consistency with content and within that content there's also not really been a strategy with that it's kind of kind of my philosophy with it has been documenting what i do and whether that's instagram my email list like anyone on my email list will know that i pretty much communicate the same way as i do on here like swear in, in emails which is not like i'm not doing it on purpose it's kind of just like Who you i want to make sure that my personality comes across in pretty much every bit of my content and it's consistent so the podcast, obviously, um, it took me a long time to find like my, to find or to get their confidence and, and comfort level to be able to just do, show more of my personality with the podcast because it was so different and foreign to me to record an audio podcast. What episode do you think that that happened in? Bro, like I can't even remember. It was it was fair way in, to be honest. Like I definitely got more comfortable with with interviewing and, and speaking and the structure of the show and stuff, but still... I still kind of put way too much emphasis on, you know, the questions I wanted to ask the guest mm. or trying to make sure it was more proper and all this shit. And there was a few episodes that I did on my own and they were, I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to record this, blah, 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 and keep it casual. And the response I got to them was really good. And even just from close friends, I was just like, you know, I heard this episode, you need to do more of these because it actually shows more of like who you are. Yeah. And as soon as I transitioned to that, like not only do I enjoy it more, but the feedback is better. And then that was kind of my point of difference in a way because, you know, I'm, I really like to make sure that I 
try and stay as authentic and relatable as possible and and I probably wasn't to an extent prior to that even though you know I, I still was you know swearing or whatever and um whatever it may be in these episodes with guests but it just wasn't if you knew me really really well and you listened to the podcast episode then you probably wouldn't there'd be a bit of a mismatch between yeah, right. like us having a conversation and what you'd hear on the show which I don't like um so I changed that but uh it, that came with just time and, and um, building up the experience of actually podcasting to get to that point. But I think for anyone that's starting, it's like it's hard to do if you're not used to talking in front of a camera or a mic or whatever, but just try and make it as conversational as possible. And one of the things that helped me do that as well is I pretty much canned, as you would now know, canned any real planning into <laughs> the episodes, which sounds pretty fucking stupid. And there's certain guests and whatnot that i will map out a pretty solid plan or at least some structure and touching points to make sure that i get out of it what i intended to get out of it but other than that i wanted to make sure that the the stuff that people hear on the show is what they would hear if they overheard a conversation between me and the guest and not some produced like fuck man i remember when i first started i would literally solo episodes i'd write it out in my notes on my phone and read it and try not to make it sound like it was read that was early early days but i and you probably won't like hearing this either but i've never listened to an episode of my show (laughs) not one and we're like over 400 episodes in and that's just kind of you know there's no way i could listen to any of the first 50 to 100 because that'd be that cringeworthy but yeah so with my content on all platforms as relatable as possible as consistent as possible document more than create like even though we're creating now and and these clips we post are awesome and i've obviously worked with videographers and tried to put together really good content in the past more like more often than not my content is just documenting what i'm doing yep and with posting and stuff i've never really like looked at you know i'm going to schedule this post for this day and this for this and this week i'm going to talk about this and this week i'm going to talk about that it's really just like whatever whenever and whatever i think people would get benefit and value from and and with that i think it takes particularly not going down the paid marketing side of things it takes a lot longer in my opinion um, to build an audience and to build from the business side of things you know if i if if i wasn't like a brand as such myself or i didn't have a, a service to offer if i was selling a product i would do it differently in my opinion obviously like if it was e-commerce brand or whatever i had a yep. product I would obviously go down the route of probably more paid stuff and whatnot. But, yeah, my plan is just to build up enough trust, offer enough value that people feel like they can trust me as a person but then also understand that every time they listen or watch some of my stuff, it's not just me trying to sell them shit. Um, So there are a few things in that you've just said, your explanation of sort of how you go about your marketing and, and how you create content and put it out. And and some of them are really quite close to like really close to best practice. So like um, we're seeing more and more and more, especially with the like meteoric rise of TikTok that people love a narrative. People love seeing behind the scenes stories. People love knowing what's in the mind of the person and people want connection with people. Mm. Um, and so your content you know, free advice, um, education, um, self-betterment, all of those things are what is doing really well 
in the content creation world. The other one is, you know, giving as much as you can for free um, so that you become that subject matter expert. Um, how, as a person who clearly is skilled in, in, in other areas, how did you come to that? Did you upskill yourself? Did you learn? Did you read? Did you listen to other people? Yes and no. Like I took a lot of uh, value away from guys like Gary Vee, uh, Grant Cardone, particularly early on, was someone that I, that I was positively impacted from, particularly from the content and just taking action side of things. Like his book, The 10X Rule, was um, was a game changer for me as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, even you know, bits and pieces of stuff from different people, people yep. like Lewis Howes and whatnot. But to be honest, like there's that side of it. But then on the other side, kind of like no, I haven't really. I don't know. I didn't I just I just really recognized early on like when I first started with Instagram for example I was still doing those things but also trying to look at what other people were doing to see how they had grown their audience and then when I realized that that wasn't working for me as such or whatever it may be I'm like all right fuck it I'm just going to post the shit that I that I am doing and it was actually to be honest when I did uh, I did physique competing Yep, and I used my social media to document the whole journey to that, and that is when that was actually the first time that I saw the power of storytelling, because it was a longer story, obviously, but it was a journey that people were able to follow, and it wasn't produced shit, it wasn't stuff that I thought anyone would give a fuck about, but people were intrigued with what I was doing because there was a narrative to it and there was a a journey that they could follow along with. And it wasn't highly produced shit. It was just basic stuff, but me sharing my experience, which I then realized that, you know, even if someone wasn't doing a physique competition, it was stuff that people were probably curious about themselves or maybe it was one thing that they were stuck with or maybe it was something that they had aspired to get to or whether it was the structure, the routine, then also sharing all the shit stuff. Like, you know, if I would lost, and this is outside of that stuff, but if there was failures, setbacks, um if i was struggling or whatever i would make sure i shared that as well um which i think is a relatable side like i've had so many people um and i was also fortunate as well sorry to change that i was also fortunate that when i started with keep it cleaner it was in 2017 so right around or just after i'd started the podcast you're right like about a year after i started the podcast i started with kick so I'd, I'd been vlogging and shit on YouTube up until then and I'd obviously been podcasting for a little bit but then I was then in front of like cameras like often and then on like taking live workouts and shit like that. So I started to see like how to communicate better with people which then helped skills of the podcasting and everything as well. So much like I've done with pretty much everything, a lot of the learnings came from just action and, and experience and fucking up along the way and trial and error and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah. So what I was saying before is like with the podcast even, and even certain clients that I've got face to face now and people that I'm really good friends with, um, the reason that they got attracted to me as a PT or as an online coach or subscribe to the podcast is because they were, they knew that I would just tell, say exactly how it is. And I wouldn't try and make out as if I was not above other people, but like I wouldn't make out as if I'm this PT who eats like perfect meals every day, who fucking never misses a day in the gym, 
who is always motivated, who fucking does everything to the absolute T. It was like, oh, this person is just exactly the same as me. But, you know, they might be a little more disciplined in certain yeah. areas, but they also are just normal and they're not trying to make out as if they're not. Yeah. And I think that's what people relate to most. Yeah. Yeah. And you're seeing a huge <coughs> rise in transparency everywhere. Like we're very much on the same thing. There's a, a like a style of portraying yourself, which is called radical transparency. And we do it all the time. Like we make mistakes. Mm. We're human. We have good days we have terrible days sometimes we have good weeks terrible weeks and I, it's just like very there's very few people in the world now other than like maybe in that sort of um life coach or like you know real estate sort of archetype that doesn't have some kind of real transparency in how they portray themselves it's it's very much like Yep, I'm, I'm an everyday regular person. I have good days, I have bad days, but, you know, here's how I can help you in a, in a certain area and, and people respond to that, like, so much. Fuck yeah. Like, and even, like, just as we wrap up, like, I, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, I put out a screenshot of a story of mine that I put up talking about my first um, personal development, like, mindset mastermind that I wanted to run that, I had been like promoting for like two to three weeks and it was the first one like which I have great understanding as to how long it takes to build something up and what mm. goes into it but I got zero sign-ups to it and I just created this story I literally just fucking I don't even know how why I did it I was just sitting there I was like fuck I'm just gonna share this because I was gonna I, you know I think I was sitting there thinking like oh fuck do I put up a story saying first fucking mindset session was great to create hype for the next one and I'm like no like I don't do that with anything else so why do it now and I created this post, this story, which went into a post, and it was like fucking the most highly engaged post that I've had in yeah. a long, long time, which is awesome. But then at the same time, it's like this should not necessarily be like, oh, congratulations, you are like willing to not act like you're a fucking legend. Yeah, like I'm just like, uh, this is you know, I was just honest and truthful and authentic, and then so be it. Like there's. Because it just then plays into the fact that I just think so many people, and you would see this all the time, particularly because of social media, so many people just portray themselves to be a person or to live this life, which they just genuinely don't. So yeah. in that case, particularly if you are a brand or you're promoting a service or a product, like not only are you not even getting to enjoy your own life because you're trying to live life as some other character that you're genuinely not, but you're also attracting people mm. to the wrong things because you're attracting people that are coming to you in the belief the fact of the fact that you are X, Y, and Z or this is how, this is what your product does or this is how your life is. And when they get there, you're going to fuck the whole thing up because they're going to quickly realize that that's not the case. Yeah. And then that damages your brand and your reputation and you lose the trust of them then. So I just think, yeah, vulnerability is awesome. Like Brene Brown is fucking awesome on this topic. Um, I don't know if you've listened to her before. Man, you've got to listen to Brene Brown. Okay. Amazing. She's really, really good at it, um, at explaining it. And she's done it pretty much like her whole life's work is around um, vulnerability. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my whole approach. And um, like I said, a bit slower, but um, I find it enjoyable. And yeah, I mean, there's certain areas that I definitely can improve on. Mm. And from a business perspective and strategy type of things, there's definitely ways that I can tighten that up a little bit and make changes. But the main foundation of it will stay the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, being that you have an e-commerce brand, 
you have a personal brand, you have, you know, an app, you've got a different look at so many different things that, you know, organic socials are great, but with e-commerce, you need sales. Yeah. And so you're going to have to dip into the world of ads mm. and, you know, you've had guests on here who have gone out and um, ads are hard. Like, yeah. And it's difficult to find a good partner in that because, you know, it could be any number of things why the ads aren't working. Is it the creative? Is it the product? Is it the agency? Yeah. Um, and it, it's a really tough um, – It's a, the, the world of ads is a really tough space and, and so there's – it's an interesting um, time to sort of have a look at that kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that you're so – fortunate to be able to be across a bunch of different sort yeah. of styles of you know personal brand mm. app um like an app that you essentially have to sell an e-commerce brand that you you're, you're having to learn so much on the fly yeah. um it must be it must be very difficult to to be across all of those things all at once yep yeah it is but uh something that i've gotten better at that i never used to be good at is and i still got a lot of work to do on it but is now starting to identify those areas that i am not good at and that i don't really have any intention of trying to get good at and then being able to delegate those things off to people who are better in that field and and not trade fuckloads of my time for subpar results instead like pay someone else to do it if you're in a position to do so financially and then put that time that you have saved yourself into getting better at something else or, or making money in other areas or putting into stuff that you're I'm going to be able to produce something better with. Absolutely. It's like me voting in a state election. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'll cop the fine. To finish up, up, um, are there any platforms that have interested you that you would would look to jump on or any sort of new trends or anything like that that have sparked your interest over the last little while that 2023 could see you jumping on? Uh Um, yes and no like i think i've found like the areas or like the ways of communicating that i feel uh that i can communicate best in and obviously that's typically like audio video and 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 that's pretty much it um and in person um but i and i'll chat to you about this but um looking i really want to particularly the personal development and mindfulness side of things, I'm going to start diving down, um, you know, continuing to put out as much, if not more content, free content, um, particularly through the podcast, but also running um, more of like a tiered membership side of things for my mindfulness and mindset and um, personal development stuff um, through a, a paid audio experience. So like a Patreon type setup um, where that podcast is kind of off the back of the fitness and lifestyle podcast, but a, a membership based thing where, um, you know, I toyed with the idea of creating a course around personal development and teaching all my stuff that I feel like can help people through a course yep. and, you know, sticking true to a lot of stuff I've been learning through the personal development. I was like, my, there's like a big resistance to doing this yep. and a big block to it because it's not what I enjoyed. That's not how I enjoy creating my content is putting together, you know, putting together PDFs and worksheets and building out curriculum and shit like that. So I just thought, fuck it, I'll do what I enjoy doing and that's through audio. So I started playing around with building an audio book or starting to do an audio book literally just with my setup at home. Um, Then I was going to release that as kind of like an audio series where it was like a, 
buy it now type setup with all these lessons and whatnot. But then I also found with that, that from my learnings through initially running the VIP club and membership through like a desktop site type setup, where it was like a Netflix for every bit of content that I've got and program, it was just overwhelm and no direction. Yep. So I wanted to build more of a community around it and learn more things on the fly and provide or like deliver the content in a way that I enjoy and people will resonate best with. Yeah. And that's through audio. So, you know, that's why I'm going to have a, have a second um, podcast, which at the moment, um, not a second podcast, just like a paid tier of yep. this, but it won't be the fitness and lifestyle podcast. And I'm playing around with names at the moment. Um, I've got to check whether it's used, but there's two I've got. One is mental wealth. Yep. Um, and if that's used, then it's going to be mental wealth investor. Nice. Um, so that's that's launching super soon and I'm very excited about it because um, that'll be my way of delivering my course in a way that's suited to what I enjoy doing and there'll be no resistance around putting content out around it. For anyone who's listening, please don't go and get those um, handles for socials because Danny's... Yeah, be a good bloke. Danny's going to do Female, that. lady. <laughs> uh, uh, awesome, mate. Sweet. Thanks, brother. Thanks so Appreciate much. Appreciate that. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Hope you got some value out of that one. That was actually really fun and... Really enjoyed talking about that. But if you've ever got any questions or if you're looking to get some help with your podcast or content and production, um, I will have Kane's uh, contact details, his phone number, his address. and nah. <laughs> I'll have uh, annotates, uh, social media and whatnot within the social uh, – in fucking the show notes. Um, this is like – this is the second podcast back-to-back along with me talking all day, so I'm losing my shit here. I'll have Kane stuff in the show notes for you guys. But thank you for listening and we'd love to hear whether you enjoyed this episode. So if you did, um, we'd love to see a screenshot of the episode on your Instagram story. Otherwise, just reach out. Um, Yeah, thanks so much for listening and make sure you subscribe.